Tuesday night, everybody. Longhorn live stream on Texas football. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Longhorns are 20 days to the showdown with Washington uh, in about, about right now, about uh, 30 minutes from right now. They'll be kicking off 20 days from today uh, against the Washington Huskies to uh, earn a trip to the college football national championship game. Pretty important. So we'll talk about that. Longhorns have an opportunity to win a national championship. We've got 20 days out. Also, uh, we're eight days out to, to the open window for the early signing period, which is, uh, you, know, you know, crux time now for the Texas coaches making their home visits, trying to figure out uh, how you finalize this 2024 class, where it stands, where it ranks, and where you need to uh, fill pieces. And the portal is a big conversation right now, obviously. And we're going to talk about all, all of those things over the next hour plus. We appreciate your comments and questions, our super chats as well. I'm Aaron Hogan. He's Rod Babers. He is Bobby Burton. Hello, guys. How are y'all? You ready to roll here? Yeah. Hey, Hook, how are you doing, Aaron? Doing good, man. It's uh, you know, just just uh, a lot going on. It's 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 a it's a uh, head on a swivel kind of day. Like uh, there's just a lot happening. Who's in the portal? Who's out? Who's where? Who's coming in? Uh, Bobby, you, you're I know you're knee deep in it, and Rod's knee deep in Washington film and how to beat this Huskies team and uh, all the things that are happening. It's uh, it's it's but you know what? It's it's. It's the good times, right? It's the good times. It's been it's been a bit since we've been doing all this at one time. Yeah, I completely agree. First of all, it, it, let's let's go over some some notes that are going on. Matt Golden, the wide receiver out of Klein Kane originally, who's going to be he's only a sophomore right now at U of H, but he's been a two year starter for the Cougars and Dana Holgerson. He is a he said last week he was entering the portal. He has now officially entered the portal. Texas is very interested. Uh, he is an outside receiver, had 38 catches for 404 yards. But Rod and, and Aaron, the thing that uh, attracts me the most is this. He averaged 35-plus yards on kick returns this year, had two kick returns for scores. He literally only took out nine kickoffs all season, two of them for touchdowns. Yeah, you Remember, yeah. he had the long return against Texas as he well, did. right? And so he averaged 35-plus the Longhorns clearly interested there. Uh, his teammate, Jamari Caldwell, the defensive lineman, also entered the portal. And there was some thought that Texas might uh, be interested in Caldwell. But uh, it sounds like Caldwell's not going to have the academics uh, to be one of the defensive tackle guys that Texas was interested in. Caldwell had stops at both Independence Junior College, Hutchinson Junior College, and then spent two years with the Cougars, has not graduated yet. So Texas is not going to be able to go after that one. Uh, the other news that I thought was interesting earlier today, Deion Burks, the wide receiver out of Purdue, has committed to Oklahoma. Texas was interested, uh, had tentatively scheduled him for a visit this week, uh, but that has now uh, looks like it's uh, out the door. Uh, Texas, uh, and uh, he's going to Oklahoma. Uh, nice pickup for the Sooners. They continue to lose people to the portal, by the way. Uh, I think the Sooners have now lost three or four offensive linemen uh, to the portal. So a lot of news going on, a uh, lot of things happening. Kobe Black tomorrow, the you know top 50 player in the country out of Waco, Connolly. Uh, he announces his decision at 4.30 uh, on Texas football. We'll definitely be there uh, trying to, to get the latest for everybody as well. Uh, Kobe is um, a young man that has uh, his brother plays, uh, Corey plays and starts at Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas trying to, to close that one out. Terry Joseph, the Longhorn cornerbacks coach, was in home with him on Monday evening. So uh, a lot of news going on. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian right now, Aaron and, and Rod, he is uh, actually in home as we speak, I believe, with Alex January, 
the defensive tackle out of Duncanville High School. So if you want to know where the Texas head coach is right now, I think he's somewhere in South Dallas, basically. <laughs> <laughs> visiting with Alex January. They were also visiting with Colin Simmons, uh, the state's number one ranked prospect, also of Duncanville. That's the edge player uh, earlier today. So a lot yeah. of stuff going on uh, right now in recruiting. We can talk about all that. We can talk about uh, Texas, Washington. We can talk about the SEC schedule release tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, yeah. You know, it sounds like the state's been put out a report, Aaron and Rod, that the Texas-Georgia game is confirmed. Uh, so the Georgia Bulldogs, the current two-time defending national champs, they're not playing in the playoffs this year, uh, but they're headed to Austin next next year. That should be a slobber knocker for sure at the very oh, least. Oh, man. Yeah. It's first time since 2018, and Rod and I have talked about it on our show in the mornings on the horn. Uh, Georgia fans are angry. They, they, they're feeling a, a, a conspiracy theory. Because, that, <laughs> you know, Georgia fans travel like crazy, right? And uh, – they they can't get hotel rooms because that's the same weekend as F1 weekend. It's the oh, same is it really? Is. <laughs> yeah. So they feel like UT colluded with the SEC. That's their, their allegation. Then they yeah. can't get rooms. I mean, if you try to get, you know, that's 150,000 people at Circuit of the Americas for that event as the growth of U.S. Grand Prix and uh, F1 has taken off, the, uh, you know, the, they can't, you, you can't get a room from Waco to San Antonio. I mean, people are, so Georgia fans are frustrated. They're mad. But uh, that's going to be the weekend, and it's the weekend after Texas OU. So what a, what an October to be in Austin and Central Texas with ACL Fest and Texas OU, U.S. Grand Prix, and Georgia, uh, Georgia Texas Rod. Pretty dang good. I mean, uh, traffic will be a disaster. But if you, uh, <laughs> yeah. want, to, if you want to Airbnb your house, you might uh, be able to pay for your uh, – your kid's college fund. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna be you're right, it's gonna be a traffic uh traffic opalypse uh here in Austin when that when that goes down. But I will say this SEC fans and SC Georgia fans, they just they're not used to traveling to major metropolitan areas, really. That's right for their games because the SEC, you know, obviously SEC towns and these little college towns, they're a little bit different. They're great, they're beautiful, they're fantastic. They're not major metropolitan cities. Austin is a pop culture mecca, so they got to get used to it. This is not a conspiracy theory. Hell, we got to deal with it too. All right, you got. Uh, South by Southwest during football season. You got all types of events happening in Austin during football season. That's just the reality of living in a major metropolitan hub like Austin, Texas. So, yeah, hey, right. guys, I got one for you. Real, you talk about SEC-sized schools and uh, uh, cities. Uh, obviously, the the championship game for the, for the SEC is in Atlanta. So that's kind yeah, of the hub Atlanta. of yeah. the SEC, right? But yeah. all of the schools like Tuscaloosa or Auburn or – well, Oxford, all of those places are are Fayetteville, small, small yes. towns, Columbia, Missouri, yep. Columbia, South Carolina. Largest SEC city is Nashville. Yep. Y'all oh, guess? Yeah, okay. Can you guess the second largest? Oh, uh, large by population. That is good. by That's population. Gosh, um, I would. I mean, I'd have to rattle yes. off some guesses, but I would get either is, Lexington, is it, is it or, uh, Lexington or Gainesville. Lexington. I think oh, it's Lexington. There yep. you go. Yeah, I've been through Lexington. I think Baton Rouge is even third. I mean, it's it's not – there's not a ton of big cities, guys. You're so, right. You know, you know it's not like called it Station. <laughs> it's not it's called not Station. Fort, I mean, there's no – there's not a lot of Fort Worths in the in the SEC. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm not, I, I don't think wrong. Fort Worth is a nice town. I'm just saying from a size perspective, right? Yeah. And so when they come to Austin, it's going to be oh. – yeah, they have the college bars in all those towns – they don't have the 38-foot, you know, Hilton high-rise. Yeah, Sky so it, 
it'll be an experience for those people. Just like it'll be, and frankly, it'll be an experience for Texas fans because yeah. I don't think a lot of Texas fans through the years have went to Kansas State, right, or have gone to Iowa State. They're, 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 don't get me wrong, Texas travels well, but the common Texas fan hasn't really done that much, whereas I think they'll go to Baton Rouge. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think they'll drive to, to you know, Tuscaloosa like they did this year. Sure. Yeah. It's a little bit different when you're well, different. No. The SEC, I will say this about the SEC schools. I've been to a few of them. Their locations are more picturesque. They are, they're just, they, they are more, I don't know, exotic, but I think they're just more picturesque. I think they're more beautiful locations than I used to be a sideline reporter for Big 12 games for, for Texas. And trust me, man, the Little Apple, going to Ames, Iowa, Stillwater. That is, they are not beautiful locations. <laughs> there, there's no nothing aesthetically uh, appealing about those locations. You go to the Grove, no miss. That's actually, it's actually a beautiful spot to go hang out. You know, uh, in South Carolina, and uh, so these places in the SEC, I agree, they're not major metropolitan areas, but I think Longhorn fans will enjoy them more than oh, the Big yeah. Twelve towns because now the culture of football is way better. But also, I think the towns themselves actually, if you kind of like traveling a lot, which some Longhorn fans do, they're just better. They're just better places to travel overall. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the scene's better. I mean, it's yeah, it's more it's, scene. It, yeah. it, it, it's RV and RV and RV, and you know, I mean, <laughs> massive, massive Winnebago's. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but you're right; they're smaller towns, and uh, they're going to have to get used to Austin, as you said, Bobby. The uh, you know Vanderbilt campus is right in South Nashville. There, it's a beautiful spot, but that's not a big football power. Texas is a football power in a big city, and they're going to deal with that next October 19th, and they're already kind of mad about it. But yeah, Longhorn fans are going to love the road trips and the home games. Um, you know, who, who doesn't want to go to Athens or Gainesville or Tuscaloosa or oh, any of these places we're talking about? It's going to be an all-timer or all-time uh, move for Longhorn fans because you're right, uh, Rod. Stillwater, Ames, Mm-mm. Manhattan. You don't want to go <laughs> very much to it, man. <laughs> you go one time, it. you're like, I'm good. <laughs> hey, let me mention that coming up here uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Parker Livingstone. This is a really cool conversation. Uh, you told me this, Bobby, and it's something we have to get into with Parker. He's going to commit on uh, Wednesday, a week from tomorrow. Yep. In the early window, and he's signed. Yep. Signed, or he's committed. Yep. He's going to sign officially, become a, a commitment to the Longhorns, and he's from Lucas Lovejoy up there in North Dallas or north of Dallas, and he's going to be practicing with the Longhorns after Christmas. Yes, right. we got to ask him about that. That's a that's a cool story. It's a whole new realm of everything. That's a new realm we're dealing with right now. But he's going to commit uh, officially, sign, and then be able to practice with the team as they get prepped for a national semifinal game. Can't wait to talk to him about that, his decision, what's coming up this weekend with uh, a lot of uh, even the uncommitted guys rolling in here and the portal guys. It's going to be a really good good conversation coming up. But, uh, Rod, your thoughts on Matthew Golden. Obviously, uh, Burks to Oklahoma. Uh, Rod, Bobby mentioned that Oklahoma's losing guys. I mean, they have a freshman tackle that didn't give up a sack all year that looks like he's lo- move, lo- moving on, and they're losing guys, but they added a guy. Burks versus Golden. How did you see that on film? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, the truth is, like, you're gonna end up losing guys, right? We talked about attrition. There's positive attrition and there's negative attrition. The transfer portal give it and it take it away. Uh, but Todd, you're right. I actually did like uh, Matthew Golden's game. I thought he actually fit 
Steve Sarkeesian's office, I was talking about him being a Sark type receiver because he's a speed demon. Um, he's a precision route runner. Uh, you can see he's a kind of a he's in he's a big big play guy, right? He's an explosive play guy. He went the ball in his hands, which is why he's a great kick returner. And he, I, I said, what like a week ago, basically to him and Dion Burks to me, they were basically kind of interchangeable. But I would take Matthew Golden over Dion Burks just because. He's got that added value of being the, one of the better kick returners in the country. And that shows you that he's got even more explosive ability with the ball in his hands, um, even over a guy like Dion Burke. So I, if, you know, if Texas is prioritizing Matthew Golden, I love that. I think he's been, I think he's great. I think in Texas offense, he can be extremely productive, um, especially in the slot. And I think in Sark's offense, he's really compatible. Uh, with Sark's offense, because Sark's like like speed guys. He'll get that guy on the move, targets to motion, um, get him in the slot. Hell, I wouldn't even doubt if Sark likes to put that guy in the backfield and and do some of the things he he was doing with Jay Witt at times. Just because once you get the ball in his hands, even uh, you know as a ball carrier on a reverse or you know on one of those swing screens or something like that, he can be extremely effective. We saw that against Texas when he was playing for U of H this season. Yeah, well, and Bobby, I'm sure Jeff Banks is pounding the table. He's got to replace Keelan Robinson and X-Man. As far as kick returners, I'm sure there are candidates, but this guy already, we know he can do it. Uh, and as Rod just said, he fills a lot of a lot of needs. And he's a teammate uh, in high school of, uh, you know, one of the Longhorn running backs there. Um, yeah, I don't think there's – look, Aaron and Rod, um, I don't know that there's five guys in college football you'd rather return a kick than Matthew Golden, and that yeah. includes Keelan Robinson. Wow. I mean, you're, I think you're actually talking about an upgrade in kick return, not necessarily an upgrade in special teams punt coverage. Right. For sure. Right. I mean, Keelan Robinson's got that dog in him. Right, Rod? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he cares yeah, yeah. a little bit when he goes down there. Yeah. Um, but as a pure kick returner, I think Matthew Golden's got a little more glide to him. You know what I mean yeah. by that, Rod? I totally agree with you. He, he totally feels agree. it a little bit. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Robinson has to hit the hole and then accelerate through. Whereas Golden is already kind of going at that top rate and then can kind of just glide through it. Um, so I look at this as he's a day one. If he if he chooses Texas, which I think Texas is a, a definite possibility for him right now. If he chooses Texas, he's a day one starter at kick return. Um, is he good enough to be in the rotation immediately at Texas as a receiver? Yes, no doubt. Yes. But, Rod, this is the question. Who else do they get? And then where does he play within that framework, right? Because we talk about Texas not wanting just one receiver, but possibly two in the portal. Yeah. Um, it, it, I want to go back over this. Some people are asking about Jamari Caldwell again, the defensive lineman. I mentioned this in the opening. Uh, he's not going to have the grades to get into Texas is what I'm told. You don't think so? so? Uh, just realize that he would be perfect. Don't get me wrong. He had six sacks or something like that, six and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss, gave Texas – all kinds of problem in the Houston game. Yeah. Uh, big defensive tackle, 6'1", 315 pounds. But, but it just doesn't look like it. he went to Hutchison and Independence Community College and he then spent two years at U of H and still hasn't graduated. So it's, he's not going to have enough advancement towards his degree if he were to transfer in uh, to the University of Texas. Uh, Rod, one thing I was told about Matthew, uh, Matthew Golden, who, by the way, is a teammate of, uh, uh, Jade Barron, uh, J- no, not Jade Barron, the uh, Jaden Blue, Jaden Blue, the uh, Longhorn running back uh, at Klein there and Klein Collins. Um, but so 
what I was told is that they wanted to be the number one receiver. He's not really a number one, right? He's but he's a no. good compatible complementary receiver. Uh, and at yes. Houston, they wanted to be the the guy, right? Which is a challenge for him. But you know, here you're gonna have Jonte Cook, you're gonna have DeAndre Moore, you're gonna have other guys, and possibly they're in on the Juice Wells conversation as Sark wants that tight knit group of receivers. Uh, he that that he could flourish in that role where he's not the guy, right? Yeah, and, and, and as Bobby just mentioned, added value. He's going to come in and immediately be your best kickoff returner, right? Yeah. So he'll come in and be able to help you. I think because of that kickoff return ability, that's why I said I envision Sark finding ways, even if he doesn't, because we know Sark is really, really rigid and strict about his wide receiver rotation, right? It is, it's usually three or four guys. If you don't crack that three or four guys, right, you don't crack that circle of trust, you're, little, you're SOL, right? Sark yeah. just – He's just not going to expand this rotation of wide receivers. He hadn't done that at Texas. He didn't do it at Bama. That's just not what he does as a coach. And I think if Matthew Golden, I think Matthew Golden will crack that top four wide receivers in that circle of trust. But if he doesn't, I think Sark will still find ways, kind of like he does with Keelan Robinson, who doesn't crack the running back rotation all the time, who doesn't necessarily crack his uh, re- receiver rotation or, with that group, but he finds specific plays to weaponize him because his ability uh, with the football is so explosive. He's such a, uh, a difference maker, an impact player. And I think you'll get that with Sark, even if Matthew Golden doesn't crack that circle of trust in wide receivers. I think he will, but if he doesn't, you'll see specific plays for him. I guarantee you, because he's that yeah. dynamic, because Bobby's right. With the ball in his hands, he's one of the best players in the country, potentially, and just as a natural ball carrier. Yeah, glide. Good good word, glide, uh, Bobby. Uh, all right, so before we uh, talk to Parker Livingstone and tell you about uh, Kobe Black, who will commit tomorrow afternoon up in Waco, Bobby, tell him about, about Energy Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Our sponsor uh, every, each and every Tuesday night is the guys at Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is Texas Electricity Done Right. They have a flex program uh, where you can change your heating or cooling or energy program, however you do it uh, these days, uh, each and every month to fit your needs. Give them a call at 855-461-1129 or visit them at energytexas.com. That's www.energytexas.com. It's Texas Electricity Done Right. Hey, guys, we got a, a super chat coming in here from Juan. He's got a good question. Bobby, what happened with the recruitment of Armani Winfield? And also, any news on Terrence Hibbler? Hibbler, the defensive lineman out of Jones County in Mississippi. A couple of things here, Juan. First of all, Armani Winfield was committed to Texas and then flipped to Baylor last year, receiver out of Louisville. Had an okay freshman year this year uh, at Baylor, but not anything that was just overwhelming. Of course, Baylor didn't have much of any overwhelming things happened for them this year, uh, particularly at quarterback, given the the uh, ups and downs they had. Uh, so Winfield, what happened with that recruitment, he thought Texas was too full at the receiver spot. He thought Baylor was a better spot, and, and that that happens. Uh, Margin Hooks was his uh, coach uh, and his trainer, and Margin doesn't necessarily like multiples of his guys going to the same programs. Uh, as far as Terrence Hibbler, it sounds like as of right now that he is sticking with Mississippi State. Uh, he was con- contemplating uh, visiting Texas, not visiting, but uh, looking further at Texas. But Mississippi State and their new head coach, Jeff Levy, has made him an uh, important recruit. Going to be hard to get Terrence Hibbler uh, to Austin or uh, get a commitment out of him. 
uh, right now. I think he was on the, the Mississippi State campus over the weekend, by the way. Had already committed to him, went back with the new coach. Uh, you know, people do good jobs, in my opinion. Of uh, It's not just Sark that does a good job. A lot of yeah. coaches do a good job. And so <laughs> exactly. that, that, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Yep. Uh, on Kobe Black tomorrow, uh, obviously we talked about the SEC schedule be out uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. They'll do it on ESPN, SEC Network. They're making a made-for-TV event, which is kind of cool. Uh, but before that, in advance of that, Kobe Black will announce at his high school at Waco Connolly. What's the uh, what's the feel? I mean, it feels like it's been a Texas lean the whole time. Are we feeling still feeling good here? Twenty four hours out. Yes, <laughs> yes is the answer. Very very good. Uh, the Longhorns are the unquestioned leader at this point, guys. Uh, the real question is: Is there a number two? Maybe oh, wow. Oklahoma State, where his brother played, but I don't really think so. Um, all signs point to Austin. Uh, Texas has, you know, we don't we don't talk about this enough. Um, but Texas has started to build a little pipeline out of Waco Connolly. So last year, Jelani McDonald committed, right? Well, you got to remember also that Trey Wisner, before he moved to DeSoto as a senior, was actually playing at Waco Connolly. Wow. And so you know that, I mean, the great thing about this, and Rod, I want you to talk about it a little bit. Players recruit players. Yeah. It's one thing for coaches to tell recruits or talk about recruits. But if you start seeing multiples of a single team go to a single school, that that's getting, that means that they're having a good time. It's not a bad, that is a good thing. Tell, tell people about from your perspective, actually playing and being on recruiting visits and re hosting recruits and just being in the locker room. It's almost like a, I don't, I don't want to say it's more of a peer to peer recruiting, right? Yeah, as it's, opposed to this adult to high schooler. It's easily the most effective recruiting. And E. Hogan has worked with me long enough. And he's heard me say it too. Players are the best recruiters. First of all, just logistically, they don't have to worry about NCAA rules. They don't have to worry about there are certain times when they can contact recruits and when they can't in certain ways they can contact them when they can't. No, no, no. Once a player establishes a relationship with another player, they can talk to them whenever they want to. They friends, <laughs> all right? They they good. So if I want to pass along a message from my coach to that player, I can do that. Even in a time when the coach can't actually talk to the player, hey, I can say, hey, man, you know what hey, coach told me to pass along this message to you. So that's number one. Just logistically, they can walk between the raindrops. That's the beautiful thing about it. So you want players who you're in your recruiting class, number one, who are active recruiters for you. Like guys like, you know, Arch Manning was supposedly one of those guys, right? Active recruiter for Texas going out there. You want that, but you also want your players because of it. And it's different when I play, guys. I, the transfer portal, now you want all your players to be active recruiters. It was When I played, we didn't have this. Now you always need to incentivize your players. Hey, guys, I need y'all to keep them relationships going. Like Bobby said, at every high school, I'm in DB High, Houston Lamar. I need to, I need y'all to keep that relationship going there. All right. I need y'all to I need you to pass along a message to that young junior or that young sophomore there. They sophomore D lineman or running back. Guys, this is the way that it, I think you start those relationships. And this is Bobby talking about the pipeline. The players are the key to the pipeline. 
All right. They're the one to keep the pipeline going is because they can talk to the coaches, they can talk to the players and they have no restriction, no NCAA rules to worry about. They're just passing on messages from the high school coach to the to the uh, position coach, from the position coach to the player, from the mom and the dad. Oh, man, they're all good. That's number one. But number two, Bobby's right. You're talking about essentially a referral. Right, we got these in 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 our world, right? What a referral for a doctor, a referral for a job. It means a lot when it's coming from somebody you trust. When it's coming from somebody that you trust, that they already vetted this person. Whether it's a dog walker or whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter. Somebody do your yard, whatever. If somebody's already vetted them, you consider them a friend. They go, listen, man, this person they do they do good work for me. They've taken care of me. I'm telling you, man, I, I this they changed my life. I'm telling you, that means a lot for you. Right? Think about how much that means to you when you can have that referral through another person just for in, in any walk of life. Same thing in recruiting. right? Same thing with players. When they get it from a player himself who they know personally and they can tell they're being genuine and authentic and they're saying, listen, man, you come here. This is the spot. They're, they're good people. Coach is a good person. They treated me really well. I've had some, you know, some issues here or there. I faced some adversity, and this is how Coach handled it with me. It's how he communicates with me. They talk to me like I'm a man. There's a lot of respect here. All those things, man, and they're dropping details that coaches won't share with you, all right? It's personal experiences that they can relate to on their level, like, you know what I mean, about how we train, how you work out, how the coaches talk to you, how they treat you, all that kind of stuff, how the meetings are, if they're tense or they're relaxed. I was talking to Anthony Hill, and he was talking to me about Coach Choate, and he was like, man, what I love about Coach Choate in the meetings is we talk ball, but then, you know, we end up talking life. He was like, <laughs> I just like that we, you know, half the meeting is ball and half the meeting is we start talking about somebody's issues and then everybody gets to talk about it. And we like a little, it's a little family session, right? A little, it's a little family discussion there between the linebackers. He talked about that. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause I, and I, I kind of remember that with coach Aquino a little bit with us, you know what I mean? I remember him, you know, bringing up, Oh man, I heard, Hey, Babers, you didn't make it to class. What's up with that? And I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. He's like, all right. So you want to run after practice with me. Who else didn't make it to class? And then we talk about this and we get into this and all this kind of stuff. So there, there's this, you know, ability to relate and players can, they can convey that in a way that coaches can't coaches can say all they want about. I care about you. I respect you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But yeah, that, you're a coach. You're selling yourself. I get that. I want to hear from somebody who's already been sold. Somebody who's yeah. already on campus already, who's been yeah. through it. And that's what the players can provide. The coaches, ever, they can't do it. No. Well, I mean, I think anybody that picked a college and wasn't playing football can understand that you're trying to pick a school that's going to be good. But now you're being sold what you're saying, right, from all angles. Everybody's telling you how great you are and everything and how great it's going to be to hear it from somebody that you know that already is there. That sells a lot. It really does clar clarify things for, for young people. Uh, I can imagine that 100%. Uh, for sure. And you, uh, I'll drop this little nugget, Bobby. Rod told the story last week when Derek Johnson went in the College Football Hall of Fame that Mac Brown came to Rod and said, hey, I need you to help host Derek Johnson and make sure he comes to Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you need to be on yeah. point there. I need you. I need you. Well, you're, hey, talk about yeah. that. You know, look. I'll, I'll, there was a guy named Shea Marins for those. That's before your time, even Rod. Baker. I remember Shea Marins. Yeah, I know. Okay, him. Shea Marins visited West Texas, Texas, right? West Texas. It. What's that? Is he from West Texas? Yeah, he was from Abilene. Or excuse me, San Angelo, San Angelo. Yeah. And uh, he literally, I was a, I was a senior graduating from Texas. 
And he came in and it was like, you know, this was going to be the Messiah quarterback. It's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, it was, a. Uh, you see, I didn't host him like you did, Rod, but watching those guys on those visits when they're that age, they are listening <laughs> to and talking with players. Yep. It, the parents are all about the the, the coaches. There's no yep. doubt about that. And, and Bob Shipley on yesterday's Coffee and Football had a great quote for you guys. He's like, look, when Tom Herman brought me into Texas, he didn't have me talk to the parents. I was the designated grandparent guy. So, <laughs> there were there were coaches there for the parents. There were players for the kids, and Bob Shipley was there for the grandparents. <laughs> and so, my point to y'all is, is that it's it is one of those things. You know, people got to realize that that that's just uh, what they do. Yeah, it's good uh, stuff. And, well, and Rod delivered Jarek Johnson, so y'all be well, yeah. y'all be thankful out there that Rod uh, got it done. Oh, I was saying delivered this to Matt. To, 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 to Bobby's point, Max sat me down and literally asked me, he was like, listen, man, this is one of them guys. If we want to play for a national title, we got to get him. We got to <laughs> have him. And he literally was like, hey, if you go, if you got anything going on, you got a, a, a woman out there you're trying to get that's going to distract you, or you got some other obligations that are going to pull you away from this, let me know. We'll put some, oh, you don't even think you can close it. You just don't think you can close it. We'll put somebody else on it. He said, but we picked you because this guy we got to get. And I said, coach, as long as you don't question my methods, I'll get it. I just don't, don't, don't ask me no questions about how I'm going to do it. And I don't need you to ask for a report afterwards or some kind of, no, no, you don't want any of that. If you just want me to make sure that that guy wants to go to Texas. Oh man. That's all I need to know. Hey, you know, Rod and Aaron, you guys know that we had him on the show last week. Yep. I, we should have Rod and y'all y'all would have to do a, a, a tell-all. Uh, no. I, I heard about some Rod Baber's recruiting business back in the day. He's got no. kids, man. He's got kids now. So, Bobby, I don't think he'll reveal anything. He's got kids. Hey, you, you do, too. Right. You do, too, I now, Rod. By the way, this one came up uh, from Sandman. Any good NOLA food recommendations? Uh, one of the guys that I've gotten to be good friends with over the or friends with over the last six months or so is the head of the New Orleans Texas Exes, and he sent me a list of places, and I posted that in the chat for Texas fans uh, to go to it. I want to read just a couple of them: the top French Quarter bars, Turtle Bay, Aaron Rose, Boondock Saints, the top Ooh. barbecue, New Orleans barbecue, the Joint. Blue Oak, and then Central City Barbecue, and then Late Night Food, Deja Vu, and then he said Best Beignets. It's not Cafe Du Monde. He rated them. There was He actually rated four. One, two, three, and then number 99. He rated Cafe Du Monde in the French Quarter 99. He said Ooh. Cafe Beignets. So I put that in the, the list for you guys on the chat. Make sure you guys check it out. If you're headed to New Orleans, I'm, I'm going down there the Friday before the game. I'll be there all weekend, and by goodness gracious, I'm definitely going to Pat O'Brien's, by the way, guys. 
Hey. Oh, there uh, you hey, go. Listen, I mean, we got uh, 20 days <laughs> to get over there. Rod, by the way, we had two female people chatting saying, what were your methods, Rod? Can you share it? No. <laughs> we respected the ladies uh, all throughout the process. Any methods were all the ladies were respected all throughout. Law, we, we, we didn't break. Well, I'm not sure we broke. We may have broken a couple of laws, but nothing. <laughs> There, there, there was there was no violent offenses or anything, right? These were you know victimless crimes, if you will. That's that we, right. That's you right. Know, so there hey, you go. I know I know you and DJ. You and DJ are both uh, yeah. children of educators. You guys, yeah. you guys are good people of God. I know that very yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So we nothing like that, but it was we had, we had a we had a good time. And listen, that Derrick Johnson, that is one of my clients. I put that I'll put that on my resume. We're not applying for jobs in Austin, Texas. All right, that was a legit. That was, that was probably my one of my cool my my greatest. Uh, claims to fame on the 40 acres that I got Derrick Johnson do because that dude, I, honestly, I think he's he's in the running to be one of the greatest defensive players in the history of Texas football. I mean, he's in that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. 100%. I, I completely agree. Nine forced fumbles, I think, is a sen- is senior year, or was it nine or 11? I mean, it's something absurd. And, and I, like I, interception I, record. Remember, he got the interception, he had like four picks to Jalen Ford tied the record. He was, he was ahead of his time. Bro. Well, Rod, you said that Derek Johnson came and taught you all that, like that that tomahawk chop thing. He, he brought did. that with he him. Was, yes, he was doing the tomahawk punch. I, I don't even know if he calls it that. I think I nick we nicknamed it that. He was doing that as a freshman when he came in. Carl Bull Reese and other coaches observed him, and they started implementing it as a drill in practice. Like you know what, that's that's effective. That's a good way to do it. Secure the tackle with the upfield arm and tomahawk punch with the <laughs> <laughs> I swear it, it was a man. And no one said nobody taught him. This is guy. This was natural. That's why I say some guys are just ball hawks. You guys heard me talk about it. They're ball minded. That guy came in ball minded defender. That's all he cared about. And he had the skill to be able to take the football away and to be able to make the play on damn near any given down, man. He was just, he was a, he was a freak of nature still. Yeah. And a great human being, by the way, too. Great human yeah, being. he is. Uh, all right. So for, for that uh, conversation, Bobby, that was 20 years ago. Now uh, this weekend, there's a lot coming. Uh, we know that there, you mentioned Matthew golden into the portal. We, we mentioned, they met, met with Trey Moore from UTSA this past weekend. You talked to someone close to him on that. What does this weekend look like for Texas as far as practice resuming, but also a lot of role, a lot of uh, committed players and then non-committed players rolling in here? Yeah, what I, I mentioned this. So there are Xavier Filsami is expected to be in Austin this weekend. Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker from Jasper that's committed to AM, was expected to be be in this weekend, but there have been conflicting reports now whether or not he'll be in. Uh, and then you also have Hunter Andrews, a running back athlete out of Magnolia that could be in as well. Um, we'll see how that goes. Those are the official visits. Um, Dion Burks, the young man out of Purdue, was thought to be coming in tentatively, but he's now committed to Oklahoma. That's the wide receiver out of Purdue. We'll see if Andrew Makuba, the uh, nickel from uh, Clemson, makes a visit or not. A young man originally from Austin LBJ. But here's the thing that that gets me going a little bit, guys. Texas has at least 10 guys that are already committed and have already taken their official visits to Texas coming in for an unofficial visit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Think about that now, Rod. Wow. Committed. Coming in on an official visit. So our unofficial visit. Brandon Baker, law offensive lineman out of California. Mm -hmm. Brian Wingo, wide receiver from St. Louis. Wardell Mm -hmm. Mack. Defensive back out of New Orleans. Uh, You know, Jordan Washington, Melvin Hills out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, Daniel Cruz out of Richland. They've got Jarrett Gibson out of Florida. They've got guys coming in from all over. uh, And I think they're there. Uh, I want to say this, Rod. You remember this. Mm -hmm. Your first bowl practice. Well, Texas's first bowl practice, which is really college football playoff, is this Saturday. Oh, there you go. There's a special, you know that there's a special energy that day. Yeah, you're right about that, man. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah, when you get to get back on the field and you're playing for something that matters, Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. And and these are all guys you said that are already committed. uh, And and are there going to be any guys who are not committed to the that also going to be there? Or just all guys that are committed? All the guys that are committed. Phil Samia is not committed to Texas. He's committed to Florida currently. Florida Florida was in home with him today. Uh, yeah. We don't know for sure if Ty Anthony Smith or Hunter Andrews are going to be in as well. Okay. We do expect one or two portal guys as okay. well. We don't know. Oh, who dude, with that energy, they gonna that, that that's how you close. That's that's how you close guys who aren't committed when they come in with that kind of energy and guys who are already committed to the cause. As we brought up earlier, they're selling it for you with that energy. Oh man, yeah, that's that's I like that. That's a good move. That's a shrewd move by the coaches and Sark. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, Rod, talk about why that energy is. I mean, I'm assuming it's you've been down for a bit. You got your classes out of the way. School's over, right? You're not playing school anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got some fresh legs and you're ready to go. And, and as Bobby said, you got something really, really big to play for. You have a chance to play for a national championship, win a national championship. Yeah, in addition to all those things, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, you you missed it for a little while. You've been away from it. It's the longest break you've had from football. Mm-hmm. Um, since you know, since the season, right? I always say that's absence makes the heart grow fonder. Oh man, these guys they've been working out, they've had to deal with the family obligations, finish school up, like you said. You know, they've had that being a student athlete. Now you get to focus on just ball for the next three weeks, and not only that, you have a chance to play for a national championship. I, I honestly, that's if, if the guys need extra motivation now. I <laughs> honestly, I doubt they're the right guys to be in the program. I don't think these guys need any extra added motivation. This is this is it, man. This is. I remember when Matt Brown came into that locker room and during before the Big Twelve title game, we played Colorado and basically told us, "You guys, we win this thing. The, it's the fo- the football gods have worked in our favor. We, we're gonna play for the national title." And like I said, it might have been a mistake. I think half the locker room freaked out. (laughs) They put too much pressure on themselves. But I was in the other half of the locker room that was like, thank God. 
This is all I've been working for. This is all I've ever wanted was the chance to play on the big stage. If all that is in front of me is for, for us to have to win this game, oh, man, it, it, I, might, I might play the best game of my life. Um, yeah. And I always waited on that moment. I cherished that moment. I mean, I think I was on the verge of tears. Because, guys, I've never cried watching a movie or a TV show in my life. And I was on the verge of tears when Mac Brown said that. Not like, you know, I was like, couldn't handle it. But my, it was like the emotion was too much for my body to handle. Like I, I was in the moment I was, I was just ready. That was everything that I ever dreamed of playing on that big stage. It was, I was one game away from that moment, from that big stage, everything that I had worked my entire life for. And I think a lot of guys, I think most of those guys in that locker room, this, cause this is a great team. They feel like I felt, and I think you're going to get the best out of them in practice and leading up to that game. I, I'm not worried about motivation for this group. I'm not, yeah. at all. I really am not. I agree with that. And it's, it's you know, the, the culture thing has been so important and they've missed their culture, right? They've missed their dudes. I mean, that's a, that's a tight knit oh. group and uh, get them back yeah. together. Uh, and you know, all of the doubts and could they do it? And could they, you know, play, you know, 13 weeks and win a championship. They've done it. And now it's almost like the pressure's off. And now it's about, gosh, we're pretty damn good. We're right here. Let's go. And an opportunity to do something really, really special. Bobby, how important do you think it is that uh, Sark and Jeff Banks and Kyle Flood and Bo Davis, they've been through this as far as oh, the, the college football playoff. They they kind of understand the regimen that happens here. They've been there. PK, PK was there in 2016 as far as understanding what the next you know two weeks beyond practice starting will be like. Was Terry Joseph there for Notre Dame too? Yeah, I think he was. Uh, another oh, guy that has that kind of – yeah, I mean – Experience matters. Uh, one of the things I talked about with Rod, uh, and Rod has been through a bowl practice before, there is a limited amount of stuff you can feed players. And, and I'm talking about information and new alignments and little tweaks. You're If you're a coach that has 30 years of experience going to bowl games, like PK's coordinated, like as a defensive coordinator, 20 bowl games or something yeah. crazy like wow. that, right? And so – he has an idea of how much his players can take in in a two or three week period. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, let's just install a whole new defense. You know, there's levels to it. Right. And um, so I think that that kind of experience is awesome. I tell you one thing that we need to do now, and this is a young man that's actually going to be joining Texas for its bowl practice. Parker Livingstone comes into the show. Hey, Parker, uh, congratulations. Uh, I heard you got back on the field at the end of the year. Congratulations on that. You were out with injury. Uh, you're getting ready to sign with the University of Texas, is my understanding, on Wednesday of next week. You're graduating high school. Kind of a big time in your life, buddy. Yes, sir. No doubt. I'm actually at my last day of school tomorrow. So, I mean, oh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, come, it's come quick for sure, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. Good deal. I, there's something unique that's going on at Texas right now that I wanted to talk to you about. So you're going to be one of these guys, 10, 15 guys that are already committed that are expected to be on campus this weekend for the Longhorns' first bowl practice. But what's interesting about you, and I wanted to ask you about this, you're actually a midterm enrollee. There's So far, there's 14 of you that are going to be midterm enrollees that are committed to Texas. But you're one of the few that are actually going to participate in bowl practice. Is that, is that accurate? Yes, sir. It is. Yes, sir. Okay. So wow. how did that come about? I mean, how does it work? I mean, it's kind of a new thing for Texas. I actually don't know if Texas has ever had anybody do this before. So, so what is exactly, what is exactly, how does it work? Yeah. So um, I get, I go down the, um, 
obviously the 16th. I come back for a day and I go back down the 18th and um, and I just practice with the team for three days. And then the fourth day I can dress out with them. And then um, I go home for three days. Come, Got to be back there Christmas night and then um, practice with them the, the 26th and then leave for New Orleans the 27th. So I just have to basically I just have to get all my high school grades submitted um, by Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night. After all my grades have to be submitted for high school. So let me ask you this. I mean, I guess Texas said, hey, you could do this, Parker, if you want to do it. Is it going to be more than just you? Are you going to have a roommate? I mean, what what is going on? Where are you staying? Because I can't give you a dorm. I mean. You know what? What? How does this all work? I mean, are other players doing this with you? What? What's going on in that regard? Yes. So there are other per, uh, players, and we do get uh, we get paired with another player, and they put us in a hotel on campus. And obviously, uh, they'll have a recruiting people come, and um, you know, we won't be like on our own. Like they'll come and like tell us what time they're picking us up at, what time we have to be there for practice. And so I'm excited, you know, just to you know be around the team, you know. We're in yeah. the CFP, baby, in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, you can't beat that, right? And so it's, it's awesome. <laughs> Who are some of the other guys that, are, that you know are going to be there with you during that uh, week? Um, I know uh, Ryan Wingo is my roommate. Um, pretty sh- the, the one of the, I, the IMG safety. Uh, what's uh, Jordan? Jordan Johnson Rebel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's another one. And then one of the Arizona kids. I think there's only two. I know yeah. Ryan, me, and, me and Ryan have been texting about it, but I think that's I, – I don't know everyone, to be exact. Yeah, no, well, that, it would be Christian Clark because he's the only midterm enrollee for the for Arizona. He's the running back there. Parker, mm-hmm. uh, tell us about you now. Let's talk, let's transition this. Your, your injury this year, what, what's going on with that? You came back in the final game of the season, I think, or one of the last two games, whatever it was. Tell us, tell folks, and give people an update about you and and where you've been and, and what's going on. Yeah, so I um I partially tore two ligaments in my foot and from the um, the third drive of the second game. So it was a oh. very early in in the season and it sucked, but you know I learned a lot from it, obviously. And you know I had a I was in a cast for about a month, got put in a boot, scooter, all, everything. So you know. Just recovering from that and, you know, just keeping my mental side of it up and, you know, just being a good teammate and, you know, cheering on the team, just keep on winning that when we were playing. And um, it was hard, but, you know, coming back, it was a lot of fun just to be out there with them one more time before my high school career is done with. Hey, uh, with an injury like that, Parker, how was it just watching? I mean, watching your team in high school, but obviously watching the Longhorns to see the flag and the hat. Uh, what a ride, man. And now here you are going to come in for bowl practice, not just for a bowl game, but for – the national championship. I mean, that's pretty amazing. What was that uh, that ride like watching this team? You know, you were going to go play for. I oh, no doubt it was awesome. I mean, I've had a great season, and you know, I've been to a couple games. I was down for Wyoming. Um, I was at the Texas OU game, and there's another game I was at. Kind of forgot now. Kind of lost track. But uh, yeah. man, it's been awesome. No you big know? deal. Um, it's been unbelievable. You know, Coach Sark and the entire coaching staff has done an unbelievable job. All the players are bought in, and they want to. They want to win the national championship. You know, they're not trying to go chase after. I mean, they're not trying to go chase after stats and looking to get drafted. They want to. They want to win and be bought in and part of something. And you know, I think it's kind of something I'm looking at too, because you know, high school. You know, that's how our team was this year too. And it's just to go from the, from high school into that culture and to that coaching staff and to Austin is unbelievable. 
I'm not very blessed to be doing this, but you know, it's you know, just to see the Longhorns keep on winning every week is was awesome. Hey Parker, has uh, Sark talked to you about um, how he visualizes utilizing your skill set in his offense and what he sees for you as a as a weapon in his offense? Uh, yes, sir. So um, Thursday night, uh, Coach Sark and Coach Jackson were that was my home visit with them and. We talked about this, and um, it's kind of an outside receiver presence, kind of like A.D. Mitchell, just a deep presence for them, 50-50 ball, kind of, you know, try to get paired up with the safety at some point, you know, kind of run a bunch of posts and comebacks and whatnot, but just kind of the deep threat outside vertical receiver. What's your favorite, uh, can I ask you a favorite route to run as a receiver? What's your money route? My money route? Um, <laughs> post. I just, I've run it so much. Just to, yeah. I like to work the corner, especially if he's – Kind of off coverage too. Yeah. Hey, nice. hey, tell yeah. Our, tell our audience Rod about with that. a little inside baseball there. Rod needs to know how you're going to take him, Parker. He's Rod's <laughs> a former corner in the NFL, Parker. Okay. He's trying to figure out. He wants to know you now so that you <laughs> line up against him, he can take you. Hey, uh, I, I want to ask this, uh, Parker. Uh, the, the Longhorns uh, certainly had a great season, twelve and one. They're great recruiting class that you're part of. Did you have a favorite moment that you just, man, this team's going to be special? Was it was it the Alabama game? Was it the stop against Kansas State? Was it – you mentioned Adonai Mitchell, his catch against TC. When was it where you went, wow, this is kind of maybe a little something special here? Um, Definitely definitely the uh, the Bama game was un- just unbelievable to watch. I was obviously like, a, okay, like, yeah, we're, we're legit. But obviously, there's been all those moments, and you know, like the Kansas State game, just having your defense step up big when, and your offense kind of was not going great. But you know, just having your defense step up big, and obviously, I know I've watched Coach Stark's press conferences and seeing like we're winning, not, and it's just not just because of one unit, and we're winning from you know special teams, defense, or offense. So I think just you know winning those tight games with um you know with your defense or your offense or special teams, it's it's been unbelievable. Let me ask you this, because uh, Longhorn fans, Rod talks about his position coach, Dwayne Akeen, is still to this day, right, Rod? Uh, way back. Uh, yeah. Chris Jackson's the newest coach on the staff, and we know Sark. We've covered him for several years. Tell us about him. What's your what's the relationship? What's Coach uh, Jackson like coaching wide receivers? Uh, he's unbelievable. I mean, he played in the NFL for a little bit. He coached in the NFL. And that was kind of one of my big factors of me committing to the University of Texas was, was Coach Jackson, you know, because my dream is to play in the NFL. I, mean, I think that's every kid's dream growing up and. And I just kind of, you know, he coached the receivers. He goes through the draft process with those receivers. And that's what he looks for. You know, he's a taller dude, too. So, I mean, he knows kind of where I'm at with that. And, you know, he uh, he actually came by my high school again today. And he was here last week, last Thursday. So, I've spent a lot of time with him recently. And obviously being down in Austin here pretty soon, I'll spend even more time with him. But, I mean, he's just an unbelievable coach. You know, he's just going to give it to you straightforward. And he's not going to sugarcoat anything. So, if you're – Slacking off, he's going to get on to you. If you're doing good, he's going to tell you. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing for him. Hey, Parker, let me ask you this. Um, you know, Sark likes to stockpile really elite quarterback talent. He's got a lot of it in that quarterback room right now. Um, how much of a factor was that in your recruitment, just seeing that no matter who's going to be throwing you the football, looks like it's going to be a high-level QB? And no doubt. I mean, that's obviously – if not the most important, it's one of the most important positions out there. I mean, on, on the football field and you know, having Quinn coming back for another year, I believe, and, you know, having, you know, Malik, Arch, and then Trey coming in. And actually after that, you have a uh, KJ coming in. So it's unbelievable. I mean, you have five great quarterbacks. You could start, you know, anywhere and just uh, 
you know, just to have them give me the ball and it's going to be special. I mean, just kind of, you know, with their talent they have, it's going to be an unbelievable ride. Parker, thank you so much for joining us, Bud. We appreciate it. Uh, second time we've had you on. We had you on for your commitment. That was pretty cool as well. And I, I've got to say this, so I don't know. People that watch this show regularly know that I'm a big fan of hats. Like, I'm a hat guy. I like yours, buddy. I like yours. It's got some style. Well done. I love it. <laughs> yeah. game. Parker. Game. <laughs> Parker Livingston, one of 20 commitments. Thanks, Parker. You have a good one, buddy. Hey, Brad, hook him. Hook All right, him, thanks, man. Uh, guys, uh, that was a good one. Good, just another good young guy that we've had on this program, you know, and uh, represents Texas really well. Uh, I think Texas, uh, you know, interesting. Got a room with Ryan Wingo, another outside receiver, uh, Rod, by the way, from St. Louis. Said yeah. Jordan Johnson, Rubel, and Christian Clark, most likely. Uh, the other guys that are going to come in early and participate in bowl practice. Uh, I, I just catch, caught the tail end of that interview. That's yeah. That's just crazy, Rod. I've never heard it. I mean, I see, and this is crazy. Guys are coming in even earlier. Remember when I was coming in, basically, you know, you came in before training camp. That's just the way it was. And now, and and then recently you heard guys coming in even earlier. So they'd come in and basically miss prom, right? They're coming in as spring, right? That was as considered, all right, these guys are coming in a lot earlier. And I understood that too. These guys want to get their college career started. Um, and I was praising them for it because usually that means they've got they got to be academically ahead of schedule. You can't be, you know, I mean, academically behind if you're going to end up graduating early so you can go to the college level. And as you talked about, Texas has to make sure you like have kind of advanced, uh, kind of an advanced pace, if you will, advanced scheduling of all your credits and all that kind of stuff. And now, guys, he's coming in at an even earlier rate. So yeah. this is before the spring. Well, I- so now guys are coming think- in even before the spring now. They get yeah. a week, they get a week of real football, Rod. That's crazy. Like a week or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, very intentional ball. That, that was my thought. I mean, what, what he said I thought was interesting is that he's got to have the grades all in, right? So clearly he has had to work with his school on this to make sure everything yes. transfers through. So UT has it all, uh, which is important. I mean, he's gonna graduate. He said last day of school is tomorrow. So all the the the, the final numbers have to be in. And wow. then he can do it. I mean, I'm sure they've told him about this and he's worked towards it. My my initial thought, Bobby when, and Rob, when I heard him say that was I want to talk to him after and what that was like. I mean, he's going to be blown away. I mean, you, I mean, Rod, you, you know, you know the, what that leap is. I mean, and this isn't just like some spring practice. This is a serious business no. practice. That's a whole most, different level. This is the most, this is going to be the most intense practices that they have in terms of from, from the first of all, the intellectual uh, standpoint, because they're going to be learning a lot game planning wise. But we talked about this. It's almost a spring practice at the end of the season for these guys. So a lot of the younger players get a ton of reps to start out um, because they're trying to keep the older guys, the frontline guys, fresher. So it's a lot of more. There's a lot of mental reps. All right, there's a kind of a lot of you know they they call shell reps. You're not in full pads. You're in shells. The helmets are just helmets and jersey shells because they're just trying to make sure that everybody's as healthy as possible for the game. Everybody knows the schemes at this point. Everybody knows the concepts. The reps should be crisp. The technique should be fresh, right? All that stuff should be good. That's why you get the younger guys a ton of reps at the end of the season, and he'll be getting reps with those younger guys. That is mind blowing. I can't even fathom that as a freshman coming in. I don't even know if he's classified as a freshman. It's like before no, he's, a freshman. He's not a freshman yet. He's not, he's not in Christmas. <laughs> not in Christmas of the senior year, Rod. 
These guys hey, are. How do you think, how do you think the, uh, the other players will treat him? I mean, is there a welcome oh, him? There'll, I'm be, sure. there'll be a lot of love. They'll be like, That's I came good. down early. I came down early, but I did. Listen, we weren't doing this. I came down and lived with Joe Walker and Greg Brown the summer before I enrolled because Mad Dog and Mac Brown wanted us there. We got the big manual of how to work out. And they were like, we want you down there. We can't pay for it. It's against the NCAA rules for us to spend any money. But you got to figure it out. And the figure it out was basically we got a call from Joe Walker and a couple other guys like, hey, if you want to come down, you got a couch you can sleep on. <laughs> come down and work out with us. And that was kind of – that was the, our version of early enrollee. <laughs> that was our version of enrolling early was that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, so man, I got a lot of love. Joe Walker, my man, Richard Hightower, who now coaches in the league, coaches special teams, I think, for the Bears. Uh, uh, Joe, Greg Brown was roommates. I got, I got to know a lot of my teammates early on then, and I think I got a lot. And I ended up starting a couple of games as a freshman, and I'd already had a lot of credibility built up. And that's kind of what this thing is about, too. You go into the spring, you go into the fall with credibility already built up with the veterans. Oh, man, this young buck works. Oh, man, this young buck will put the time in. Oh, man, this young buck's pretty damn good, actually. And they, I, I think it helps those guys transition. So I think it actually it makes things easier for the guys when they come in early. This it did for me. Got it. All right, guys. A uh, lot, of, lot of stuff going on here right now as far as uh, some super chats and whatnot. But I want to answer this question and ask you this one, Rod, because it, it, it harkens back to something we talked about earlier. If Texas does get Matthew Golden, uh, I wonder if Coach Sark would utilize him in the backfield some his speed and shiftiness could fit the same way Keelan Robinson is utilized. You agree with Man, that? I totally agree. That, that, that's I love that. You, you're rounding money. I, I said that earlier in the show. I was like, yeah, if he did. doesn't crack the circle of trust, and that's just like three or four wide receivers, and I don't know who's, who that's going to be. I think we can predict it'll be Jontae Cook will be one of those guys. I think Matthew Gold is good enough to be one of those guys, but we'll see because Sark is pretty rigid about those three or four guys he trusted wide receiver. But if he doesn't, you talked about it, Bobby. He's going to walk in as your top kickoff returner. as one of the best kickoff returners in the country. And I think Sark will look look at him the same way he looks at K-Rob and he'll say, listen, if he, hasn't, if he doesn't crack the wide receiver rotation for me to be able to target him and weaponize him, I will have specific plays and packages like he does for Keelan Robinson, for Matt, just to get the ball in his hands in space, period. And that's all he wants to do with K-Rob. Keelan Robinson, that's all he's trying to do. Most of his plays are swing screens or uh, their RPO uh, perimeter-oriented routes for him to get out in the backfield but try to beat the, beat the defender to the perimeter and to the corner. It just gives him the ball in space. You get Keelan Robinson the ball in his space with about three or four yards of room to run, that's trouble, and we all know it. And I think the same thing is true for a guy like Matthew Golden. So I think you can almost use some of the same plays. And listen, Washington puts their wide receivers in the backfield. Stark does it some. Remember, last year against Washington, he put Casey Kane in the backfield. It was a fourth and like one or two, and he ended up getting a big play out of it. He's put Xavier Worthy in the backfield. He's put Jay Witt in the backfield. He does it. And then, and then high, I would say high-minded offensive coordinators have done it too. Hell, you'll see um, Kalen DeBoer do it with Washington as well. I think you can do that with a guy like Matthew Golden uh, in a number of different situations. So, yep, you're, you're right about that. Great minds think alike. I was thinking the same thing. All right, so we've got a couple of other stuff going on here. Jeff Carey, I think y'all are on six times a day. No, the, just three. Appreciate your hard work. You may, you're my go-to for Longhorn football. It's really difficult to keep up with the portal 
and recruiting. We appreciate you, Jeff. Uh, Kevin Jones, if a star player from another school calls Sark coach, any coach or recruiter expressing serious interest in transferring, can they accept the transfer or are they required to tell the player to hop Mm. into the portal? So first of all, they can't unless they can't talk to them unless Mm. the player is in the portal. So that's the rule. And there's an NCAA portal. Once they're in the portal, they can talk to them. Uh, All right. George Lopez is asking, what's the latest on transfer portal at wide receiver and DL? I haven't heard anything at DL of note yet. Uh, Trey Moore came in. That's been reported by folks like Inside Texas, uh, as well as others across the board. Uh, Then you have wide receiver. Uh, That right now, Deion Burks has committed to Oklahoma. He's out of Purdue. The Longhorns were looking at him. Also at wide receiver, Matthew Golden, young man that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. right now. All right, uh, here's something from UT Boy. Bobby, I'm hearing from a multitude of concerned teams, fan bases, Texas is winning and recruiting extremely well. And the consensus is Texas is extremely <laughs> scary once they get rolling. Rod or Aaron, what do you all think about that one? Oh, uh, you know, Bobby, you've been around longer than me, but I've been around just shorter than you. Uh, I've seen it uh, before Rod was on campus, uh, what it was and then what it became. And then when I saw it, it wasn't good. Uh, we've done it for 25 years now. When it gets rolling, Rod, yeah. it's 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 an avalanche. It's pretty damn good. Uh, and and the football program kind of carry. I mean, right now this program's carried by volleyball and uh, some other sports. And good luck to them playing in the Final Four on Thursday night. But when the football program gets rolling and the BBs are in the box, as you know, Rod, and you were a part of that, it's something else. And, and this we don't even you can't even imagine it with the NIL and the portal and how it all plays out and move into the SEC, that's a whole different dynamic that I have never, we've never covered that. Yeah, no, you're right. I think if you're talking about, you know, from a, there are a lot of different aspects of you know, Texas getting this thing rolling, uh, BB's in a box that's behind the scenes, right? Kevin L type, Jay Hart. So uh, CDC, you know, everybody on the same page there, right? That Holy Trinity. But if you're talking about from a roster perspective, and I talked about this with Bobby earlier this week, when I left Texas in 02, we were we were starting to get to the point where we weren't, were one of the, I don't know, five or six programs in the country, potentially, where our roster was so stacked that the practices were just as tough, if not tougher, than any game we'd play. Other than Oklahoma, and other than if we got to a BCS title game or the Big 12 title game, right? Because we had stockpiled the roster with NFL talent, from the at the front line starters and at the back with the backups and iron sharpens iron. So I was going up against Roy Williams every day in practice and BJ Johnson and Sloan Thomas, three five star receivers. I knew they were going to play in the NFL on Sundays and also knew that I wasn't going to face three better receivers in, in, in on our schedule on in any game. Nope. So, uh, so basically, and in practice. I would try to make sure that we got the 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 most competitive reps, the the kind of the toughest, hardest reps that I could get going up against Roy Williams every day. And he, I'm sure he got annoyed by me because I'd ask him to stay at the practice and do whatever because I knew he was an NFL caliber guy. And if I could cover him, man, Saturdays were gonna be easy because I wasn't gonna see a lot of Roy Williams on Saturdays. Just wasn't gonna do it. And I think that's you. And so that confidence I got from our practices being really competitive at a really high level because we had so much stacked talent, 
it it took it, it gave me the ability on Saturdays on game days to not only enjoy myself because I knew it was going to be an easier contest most of the time, um, but it gave me uh, an uber confidence as a player um, because I you know I mean I I never feared you know the opponent or. I respected my opponent, but I never thought that they had worked harder during the week than me and that they were better prepared than me because I said iron sharpens iron. I was facing the best of the best every week. They're getting there. They're not there yet. That's where Georgia's been. That's where Bama's been. That's where Ohio State's been. No Clemson's been. Michigan's there right now when you can compete for college football playoff spots year after year. Texas is just starting to get to that point. It reminds me, honestly, of kind of when – you know, after I, right around the time I left, where Texas was starting to get there, where they were stacking that kind of talent. And I think that's kind of the key. That's what you're talking about. Good it's, question. Just rolling is rolling, man. They're on fire right now. They are. I, I said that this morning. And I agree with it. I, I, I still believe that. Hey, All right, uh, Robert, can I ask you about, uh, can I ask you about yeah. Juice Wells? Any news? Yeah, I mean, on he's a, he was a maybe uh, as of this weekend. I mean, right. I, or as of last week, he visited Ole Miss over the weekend, is my yep. understanding. Uh, so we'll see exactly what happens with that one. But I, I haven't heard anything more. He is good friends, by the way, Aaron and Rod, with Diamante Tucker Dorsey, uh, the former Texas linebacker who played who played at James Madison. Juice yep. Wells actually started off at James Madison as well. So uh, hopefully we hear more from, from Diamante about some of that. Got some other things. Ambassador Texas with the Super Chat. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, George Lopez, big fan of all the content y'all provide on a daily basis. Hookem, uh, this one from Engaging Life's Moments. I sat near Sark with recruit at breakfast on Saturday. That recruit would be Trey Moore, most likely. Hey. Um, are there any plans for live OTFs in NOLA? Absolutely. Uh, I plan to be there on January 1st. I'll start. I'll go down on Friday. Uh, Aaron will be there as well, and we'll be doing yeah. some uh, stuff as well. Nice. I, hey, people asked about Parker's forty time. My understanding is he's sub four five guys at six foot two and a half, six foot three. He's wow. got some real long speed, Rod. Uh, that's wow. why when you asked him that that question about which one was the best, there's no question uh, what his uh, thought was there. All right, here's one for you, Rod Babers. Read read this yourself out loud, my man. Wow, Keith. He says, Rod, I know you're a Sims apologist, but I think that if Applewhite plays the entire Colorado game, you would have been in the national championship. Probably so. I mean, I mean, Major came in, and I think the first drive he came in, he threw a touchdown pass. I, th- I think my man Sims probably put too much pressure on himself in that moment. There's no doubt about it. And he played – that was his worst game I think he's uh, that he played as a Texas football player, and it was on the biggest of stages. Um, and I think that – Unfortunately for for Mac, his plan backfired on him. I think he thought he he miscalculated that everybody in that locker room would respond like kind of like I did and like a few other guys did at that moment. And he didn't he didn't anticipate also losing Mike Williams and said Benson on one play when they were chasing down a Colorado defender who had was an interception or a fumble recovery. I can't even remember. Um, And then they get knocked out of the game. Didn't anticipate that either. Uh, so, it, yeah, I'm with you, though. You're right, Keith. I agree with that. I don't disagree with that. Sims, I didn't I mean to was a better player than Major was Upright, a, it, but still, I get that. Sure, Rod, it was an interception, and that's Texas fans blame Sims for both those injuries. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I trust hey, Rod, I didn't mean to ambush you with that question, my man. No, There's, you got several more here. 
Rod, I've been in touch with Jonte. He is chomping at the bit to shine next year. Huh? Chomping. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, football junkie. I heard Anthony Hill is a very mature kid. What's your take after talking to him? How big is he in person? He plays big. He, he is big in person, and he is. He's he's mature beyond his years. He's one of those guys. One of the things that I uh, love that he said when we asked him about, you know, this team and, you know, I, we asked him specifically about the issues with closing out opponents at one point during the season, how they couldn't. And he said about those that Texas Tech game and the Oklahoma State game, we wanted to make them quit. We were trying to make them quit. Like that was, <laughs> I love, I just love that mindset of a young, you know, a young buck saying, no, 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 we, we wanted to make them submit. We wanted to make them quit. We didn't want to let up at all. Uh, it just shows you the next generation. They're in really, really good hands. Uh, he's mature and he's a, he's a, he's a student of the game. I mean, he talks to, he talked a lot about learning real time during the games. We asked him about his mistakes that he had made in the Bama game, you know, uh, you know, rushing too far upfield, uh, asked him about making some mistakes in that, uh, was that Wyoming game taking on a block with the, with the wrong shoulder, that kind of stuff. And he literally talked about how real time, he learned from it and pointed out plays later on in that game in the season where he had the same situation and was able to make the right move, use the right technique. Uh, so he's a guy that he's a prodigy. Um, you can t- accelerated wow. development, accelerated learning curve with him. You tell him, you know, he doesn't make the same mistake multiple times. He's going to make it once or twice and he's not going to really make it again after that. Um, that's why you know, he's forcing his way on the field late in the season. So he's next level. He really is. And he is, he's a lot bigger than you think, but he's got skinny legs. And I always, a coach always told me, look at them. Let me got skinny legs. He can run. He can run, run. Cheetah. Right? So he's, hey, Cheetah, he's up top, got them skinny legs, man. He can run. Rod, uh, this one's for you. When, when have you last spoken with pimp C Garcia and Lee Jackson? I think uh, is who clip, and this is obviously, a friend uh, that you know somewhere along the way, Patrick Page, asking that. <laughs> I can't believe you brought up him. That's oh man, that's fantastic. It's been a long time, man. I Lee Jackson actually, maybe three, four years ago, I talked to Lee, and and Lee's doing good. Lee's all right, man. Lee's a great human being. Lee's got a big family too, actually. Uh, he's had a, a couple of daughters, but Lee's a good guy. I talked to Lee not too long ago because one of my good friends, Ahmad Brooks, is like BFFs with uh, Lee Jackson. Um, and he's a good guy. I played with Lee for many years. So, yeah, uh, I need to keep up with those guys even more. Probably need to have some more reunions. I guarantee you, though, Lee's going to probably try to make it to one of them games in the Sugar Bowl or H-Town. They make it to the, to the national title. That'll be a hell of a reunion. I'll see all my dogs then, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one, last Super Chat of the night, and then we'll be heading out of here. Uh, from Justin Yarbrough, guys, how beneficial are these bowl practices going to be for the incoming freshmen going into the spring. Rod, you talked about that. It's just yeah, unheard man. of, kind of almost. I mean, four guys at least. It's huge. I can't, I can't. And Texas already has played played a lot of freshmen with significant. We just talked about Anthony Hill. Significant snaps. Talked about Jante Cook, uh, Malik Muhammad, another freshman. Significant snaps. I think it shows you that the future is bright for Texas. Uh, and it is interesting. I, like I said, I've never heard of this stuff where guys are playing, getting the chance to – practice with the team before the bowl game. I think it shows you that the next generation of athletes, they were a different level than even I I was back in the day. Uh, These guys are streamlined. We were, you know, we had, we were distracted with a lot of the things. These guys are streamlined, man, with their focus. Uh, Whether you're talking about NIL opportunities or whether you're talking about 
uh, playing early or enrolling early, having the grades to be able to do that. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just really impressed with a lot of these guys. And I think it shows you that Texas bringing in certain types of players. Right? They're bringing, you talked about this too, Bobby, even in a transfer portal, but of course it fits in recruiting, vetting players and making sure they're compatible with the culture. Um, I think that goes with high achievers and guys that come in and rolling early. That shows you're a high achiever. You got to have the grades to do it, number one, um, but you also got to have the drive to do it. That's a lot going on for a teenager to be able to do that. You talked about it. E. That's a lot. I was, I was a 17 year old being recruited one time. I can't even imagine. Trying to get trying to grad trying to graduate early so I can get there for bowl practices on top of all that kind of stuff. Uh it's a great line from um Nick Saban. And I think Nick Saban took it from somebody else. Um, high achievers don't like mediocre people, and mediocre people don't like high achievers. Don't put them together. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you separate them because they're not mm-hmm. gonna get along. And I think Sark's making sure he's bringing in high achievers. Like he wants guys that, you know, that, that want to be, that want to be early enrollees that want that talk about Anthony Hill at the Hill t- talks about how, you know, he, he wants to perform at a high level and his standard is really high for himself and he's really hard on himself. I think Sark is looking personality wise for those types of guys. He's even talked about how he likes players from championship teams. Like I, I, I like guys who, who play in state titles. I like guys who go deep in the, in the, in the state. So I think he wants that winning DNA in guys and and you do find that on on championship squads you do find that on you know really really good programs i'm I'm gonna shout out houston lamar but houston lamar is a really good football program you go get guys from that because those programs they have a good culture so they're going to develop and cultivate really good football character and i think that's what ultimately what he's looking for yeah those programs like westlake and houston lamar and duncanville and they they win for a reason And they weed out the non-high achievers, right? They kind of – you can't play in the program if you can't do that. It's well said because I know before NIL and everybody predicted the rue of college football, but it almost gives these young young guys something to work towards, a carrot. Uh, I want to go to college. I want to get in early. I want to get my grades done because I can't go if I don't get the grades. These are all good things, and it's – I think it's helping these guys grow up fast, faster, and uh, yeah. you know find that uh, that discipline it takes uh, to be a high achiever. That's well said, Rod. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks to Energy Texas tonight. Uh, always on Tuesdays on the On Texas Football Tuesday live stream. Great people, and uh, appreciate them. Eight five five four six one eleven twenty nine. EnergyTexas.com. It's Energy Texas. Texas electricity done right, right. And safe to say, guys, a lot of electricity in the program right now. A lot going on. A lot of excitement happening in uh, twenty days to the Washington game. Eight days to the uh, early signing window opening and a big weekend coming. I mean, we'll be all over it. Uh, Bob, before we wrap it up, tell us what's uh, the schedule tomorrow. Yeah, coffee and football tomorrow morning. We have uh, Alex Okafor uh, joining us, the former Longhorn, uh, now living in Austin, retired, first-round pick. Was he a first-round pick? I can't remember. Uh, Anyways, long for short, Alex is going to be on with us. Uh, Then we have, uh, obviously, a bunch of different stuff going on tomorrow, uh, up and down the list. Uh, Make sure you check us out. Whatever we have going on, we'll be here uh, each and every day. Uh, Rod, thanks, man. Aaron, thank y'all. For sure. Everybody else out there, hook them. Hook Hook them, y'all.